Hey guys, Dan Waltzman here. Welcome back to the Edgy Conversations podcast. Missed you guys. Uh, had to take a day or two of downtime here on this wonderfully daily podcast of awesomeness to uh, to get some technical issues worked out. But those issues have been worked out. Knock on wood. And uh, so we are back, and I guess better than ever. And and what's interesting is uh, this whole month we've been talking about commitment. And and what's interesting from your feedback and notes, letters, texts, etc., is that each of us see commitment in a slightly different way, particularly based on what we're going through at the time, at the moment. That's pretty cool, isn't it? It's, it's, if you're an athlete and you're trying to take that next level in your life, you're thinking, man, maybe I need more commitment. If you're someone who's you know, struggling with, with, with relationship challenges, you know, maybe that's that next thing that you need. You realize, oh, wow, there's a couple things I need to commit to. And, and so commitment is one of those things that's, that's always in our lives, right? It's never going anywhere. It's not going away. You've got to be committed no matter what you're trying to pursue, right? It just doesn't, you don't wake up one day and magically you can kind of float through the universe and commitment doesn't matter. It always matters, right? It's always going to help elevate you and your game to that next, next, next level that you're trying to achieve. So when I think about commitment, I come to this big question. Why aren't we committed? Because I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, right, the whole edgy conversations podcast, it's ridiculous to assume that you don't want to be committed. Um, you do, right? You do. And you're probably working on it. And in fact, there are probably many days where you would say, dude, I, w- I was bonkers committed. Like I was really, really, really committed. It actually went well. Everything went right. And, and it was great right? <laughs> so so you've got a track record of wanting to be committed. You've got a track record of sometimes being committed. So why is it that sometimes you might not achieve the results that you think you deserve? Why? So here's the reality. It's my theory, right? This is just a theory, but I've observed it in my own life and in high performers, that it's a matter of self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. What that means is you and I do things that stop or limit our commitment. In other words, commitment's like water. It just flows until it can't flow. I do a lot of trail running, of course. I actually like running on roads a lot better. Don't tell anybody. I'm actually not a, you know, loving the glamour of getting dirty and and uh, tripping on rocks and hurting myself. So I like running on roads because it's easy and I can shut my mind off and just run. But when I'm on trails, I love running next to water, some sort of creek, stream, waterfall. Especially if you're running uphill, it's nice to actually see water flowing down beside you. What's neat, here's what's neat. Water flows until it doesn't. So if a, be- uh, if a beaver builds a dam, it stops the water. If there are rocks that get in the way, it slows it down. If there's trash or litter that's in the water that stops the water from flowing, water flows until it doesn't. And so that's the commitment. The commitment in your life is that it's going to flow. You are going to be committed until you do something that sabotages you from being committed. That's an important thing to realize. A very important lesson to learn is that your commitment is not a result of you doing more it's about removing the things that stop you from doing what you already know you want to do. So what are those things? Well, number one, 
you might not be learning from your past. Think about that. How many times you keep making the same mistake over and over? You find yourself investing into a particular type of business or a new idea or a bold plan, and all of a sudden you find yourself going, I'm here again, right? I'm back at this position where things didn't work out. Failure again. Success, no, 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 it's not happening. And if you look back, you might not have learned from your mistakes as quickly as you should be. And, you know, I won't regale you with more stories, but, you know, I'm pretty good at this one right here. (laughs) I'm not learning from my past. And so before we say yes, trust your gut instinct. Uh, Is this something that's going to hurt you? Have you already been down this path in, in the past? To be candid with you, I uh, coach, mentor, speak to a lot of people who are who are busy chasing ways to get rich quick. And while they'll never say that to you in their business plan, they're either working on a, a network marketing plan that someone told them will help make them money while they sleep, uh, or they're in a job where they feel like they can do a lot, you know, make a lot of money uh, with little effort. Or if I only get that next degree, I'll make five times what I'm making now, and I won't have to work any harder. And the truth about all of that, all of life about about success is that it requires just just massive amounts of hard work that they, it's inevitable that's just what it requires so if you're not learning from your past if for example how would i learn from my present in a situation like that i might stop be centered and say why am i choosing this new path is it because i think it's easier is it because i think it's faster for my for my success am i trying to avoid hard work and commitment because if you are you think that you can just show up and automatically you know, make money and have success and surround yourself with beautiful people, then you're likely to end up repeating the same mistakes from your past. You're sabotaging yourself when you don't learn from your past. Number two, you don't think you are in control when you really are. One of the things I try to remind myself each day is I refuse to worry about things that are outside my control. And what's neat about that is you begin to realize how much is actually in your control right now at this very moment. Uh, You don't like who's president of the United States right now. You don't like Donald Trump and his policies. You can move to a new country. And it's actually not that hard. There are other countries who would love to have Americans who are brilliant and hardworking. By the way, I realize that a large population of this audience is in Japan and in Europe and in South America and all over the world. So if you don't like where you live, let me not be America specific, go move someplace else, right? Go to someplace where you feel like you could be in more control of your destiny. Two, you may not be able to control your country or your president, but you can control your mindset. Don't like your job? Get a new job. I had a couple of friends of mine who were stuck in some jobs that they just found miserable, like they needed to make more money. When North Dakota hit all of that natural gas under the surface of the earth's soil, they actually packed up their homes, moved to North Dakota, and we're making $150,000, $200,000 a year. And they just followed the money. Now, that may seem extreme to you, but during that kind of quote-unquote gold rush period four or five years ago, even a starting job at Walmart was paying $20 an hour. $20 an hour. Pretty impressive, right? So they were in control. They said, we're tired of being broke. We're tired of having credit card debt. They left their wives and their kids here And they moved to, or at their homes, and they moved to North Dakota, where they stayed in dormitories, worked their behinds off, and in one year, not only had gotten themselves out of debt, but had $92,000 of money in the bank. Think about that. Think about that. You're in control. 
You may want to make it blame uh, your church. You may want to blame your school, your university, the country, your political party, but you're in control and you get to change. And it's just a decision. You get to decide. You get to change whenever you want to. Number three, you worry too much about the things you can't control. And a minute ago, I just started talking about that. But if you can't control it, and then it, you have to make a choice to not worry about it. There are things, perhaps, that you can't control. And those numbers are actually really, 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 really small. For example, if you can't control how, many, how much where you live, physically can't control that, and you can't control, you know, uh, that there's no, no, no choice possible for you to move or go anywhere. And uh, there are certain rules, maybe it's certain tax rates or you know, certain obligations that are required for being in that location. It's ridiculous for you to wake up every morning worried about what's going on, upset about what's going on. So if it's truly outside your control, worry is a choice you get to make. And that's, that's what's beautiful about the last two things is that worry is a choice. You get to choose that, and that should empower you that even though I'm frustrated and even though I'm upset and even though there are things that I desperately want to change, I'm just not going to worry. I'm not going to waste my emotional energy on worry. And that's what's interesting. See, bitterness is a choice. Worry is a choice. I I can't wait till we get to those topics later this year because I I can't wait to share some more insights that I've learned uh, from that. But in short, if you worry, you're spending your best creative power. You're spending the time and energy and excitement and drive that you could be spending uh, on finding creative solutions, uh, worrying about things that, look, you're never going to be able to control anyway, so you might as well make the choice to not worry. Number four, you find yourself being the complainer of the group. Life isn't, isn't fair. In fact, what can go wrong sometimes does. And there are people, I would say there's a complainer in every group, right? <laughs> there's someone in every group who's that person who's, who's determined to help everyone keep their feet on the ground, quote unquote, right? Help everyone, you know, uh, be reasonable, to level set expectations, you know what I mean? To, all, to do these things, you know, point it out, make sure people aren't having too good of a time. So if you're the complainer of the group, I got to be honest with you, uh, you're sabotaging everything in your life. You're sabotaging your own mental state. You're sabotaging how people think about you. You're sabotaging how people feel about you. No one wants to help the complainer. If you're the complainer at your office, here's a dirty little secret. No one likes you. I'm sorry, but no one likes the complainer of the group. They just don't. They may tolerate you because they have to, or they may you know, get along with you just because they don't want to cause a scene that's important to them. But the reality is no one likes complainers. They don't. We're all going through something. And so Mr. Complainer, Mrs. Complainer, here's a, here's, a, here's a dirty little secret. You have problems. We get it. So does everyone else. So does everyone else. So instead of you taking the time to push your problems on everyone else, make everyone feel ridiculous, right? Because you're pointing out how dumb we all are and how horrible life is and why you get picked on. Why don't you just try to help somebody else? That's what makes the most difference. Okay, so a couple awesome things here. Well, if you're sabotaging yourself, it's not awesome, but it's awesome to realize where you are and what it takes to improve. And so I'll jump into the next episode with eyes wide open, feet on the ground, with more of the ways that you're sabotaging commitment. In fact, I've got 10 or 11 great ways that to look at 
your life and how you can avoid sabotaging yourself. To recap for today, you got to learn from your past. You got to be in control of everything. You got to refuse to worry about the stuff you can't be in control of. And then you got to stop complaining. By the way, if you're not part of the Edgy Empire of Awesomeness Facebook group, oh my gosh, there's so much good stuff that's going on right there right now. I promised about six months ago that I was going to stop posting uh, in my personal profile and just start pushing all good things into that group. And that's what we've been doing. It's been exciting. It's been fun. If you don't have our monthly calendar, go to calendarofawesomeness.com. Go grab that. It's pretty cool. By the way, inside the Facebook group, you know, we have almost a thousand people now. You'll see people... Uh, you know, who, who are mentors, you'll see investors, you'll see small business leaders, see people of all types and stripes and locations, colors, creeds, talking about ways to grow and improve. And if, and if you're looking to partner up with somebody, if you're looking for a great accountability partner, somebody just to kind of give you some advice and, and a kick in the shorts when you need some encouragement, man, there are a bunch of people in that group. So go, go take advantage of that. Until the next time, you know, you know what to do. Stay edgy. Be awesome.